Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I've titled this Faithfulness, What Dreams Are Made Of. What Dreams Are Made Of. Amen. How many here have had a dream? How many here are still pursuing that dream? How many have had dreams come to pass? All of us have at some point, right? And we're still pursuing dreams. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. There's always another goal, another dream to pursue. But that's great. That's wonderful that we have goals and dreams. But how many have ever had a dream that God planted in your heart? A God-planted dream. A God-planted seed. And, that, and, then it, and then you watched it come to fruition. You watched it come to pass in your life. You ever been there? Amen? We all have. And, and maybe you're on that process. Maybe you're on that journey of discovering that, what that dream is. Or maybe God's leading you in that dream this morning. Most of us have had ambitions growing up as a young child. I remember I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be an astronaut when I, was, when I was growing up. And then, you know, as I got older, as I got older and I started going on these carnival, carnival rides, and I would get sick on the carousel, the hor- you know, the horse carousel. I thought, no, I ain't going to be a good astronaut. <laughs> I-, I couldn't pull any Gs. And, and so uh, the- I quickly changed that. Well, maybe an archaeologist, I really loved, uh, or a paleontologist is what it's called now, discovering dinosaur bones. And I thought, maybe that's what I'll go do, because I really loved that. And that didn't work out. And then, well, I'm going to be the starting shortstop for the San Francisco Giants. That's my goal right there. And so I, I, I love playing sports and all that. But we all had childhood dreams. How many can relate to that? You had an idea of something you wanted to do. Maybe it may have seemed unreachable, but it was something that, that was a passion in you. Amen? We all have had that. Now, it usually begins with a dream, whether realistic or not, but something inside of you compels you to that goal. Maybe today you're an educator. Maybe you're, you were in law enforcement because that was a goal of yours as a young child. Because many of us, I remember my dad to, to this day always telling us, well, yes, you should study to be, become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Those were the only three things he would ever tell us. Don't, don't grow up to be a construction worker or don't grow up to be, do this or that. Be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. That's what he would always tell us. Um, but, of course, none of my family are, are any of those things, doctor, lawyers, or engineers. But we each have a goal, and we each should pursue that with passion. How many know passion is important? Without passion, you can't accomplish the task. Amen. God is that passion in our life. His Holy Spirit is, is our passion. And here's the, here's the key thing. Unless that dream, unless that goal is birthed by the Lord himself, it will die. It will die. We all have goals that have died. I'll admit, I have had goals that they weren't birthed by the Lord. They were my goals, my ideas, and they've died. And I'm sure you could tell me and share with me your goals, your ideas that have died along the way. But I'll tell you what, there's a huge difference when God has given you and birthed in you a passion for a goal. Amen? Um, Today, I want to speak to you about a life journey for a particular person and how this person learned to submit his life to the Lord. 
If you'll stand with me, I want to read from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 25. And there is no sermon outlined this morning, so you'll just have to read along with me if you have your Bible or your electronic device this morning. The book of Isaiah, chapter 25, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 25, and I want to read from verse 1. When you have it, say amen. 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 Isaiah 25 and verse 1 says the following. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give you thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Amen. How many know that God is faithful? That was the uh, new uh, American Standard uh, Bible version there. It may have read differently than your version there. Uh, but God has planned from long ago your plans, a purpose for each of you. Amen? Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And He is faithful. Unfortunately, we're the ones that at times are not faithful, right? We have, uh, we have fallen. We have, we have disobeyed. But God is always faithful. Amen? Now, turn in the New Testament to the book of Ephesians. And I want to read one other verse, and then, and then we'll get going with the rest of this morning's sermon. Ephesians chapter 1 in the New Testament. And I want to read, read one scripture to you. Chapter 1 and verse 11. Chapter 1 and verse 11 says the following. In Him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything by the counsel of his will. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises of God. I thank you this morning, Lord, that you are faithful. Lord, that I can put my trust in you because you are faithful. Great, great is thy faithfulness, Lord. And Father, I can count on you in times of trouble, in times of need. Lord, I can look to you because you are faithful. So, Father, we ask your blessing, Lord, upon the remainder of this service. We pray that, Lord, you would help us to each open our hearts this morning to receive from you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God is faithful. And you may be seated. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to tell you the story about this uh, person who had a dream. And this person grew up in a family... Uh, very, very good family, uh, was the oldest of his siblings, and had a great family, had great parents, raised him up, went to Catholic school, went to uh, church on, he was a CEO, went to church on Christmas and Easter only, so he was a good, good Catholic. Uh, as far as uh, church goes, uh, it was tradition, because that's what his parents, his grandparents, their grandparents, and so on. That's what they did. But there was no relationship with a God, with this person. And so this person grew up, and by all accounts, every you know, great, good family. Um, and then when this person got to high school, things began to go a little sideways for this person. Uh, this person here uh, began to hang around the wrong crowd. You ever hung around the wrong crowd? You, ever, you know where that takes you. You know that that's a slippery slope that you start here and then it leads to this and then it leads to that. And before you knew it, this uh, young person was now hanging out with the wrong crowd, thought school was a joke, 
um, would, would, would get high with his friends, come to class, and all they would be doing would just be giggling and laughing. And everybody knew what was going on. The teachers knew, but this young boy didn't care. And so this young boy, would uh, he had this particular job, and this particular job, this young boy, he worked in a grocery store, and he would steal, he would steal cases of beer for the Friday night football games, and then take them to his high school classmates, and then sell a six-pack of beer to underage kids who would pay you anything for a six-pack of beer, right? He would do that, and, and that's how he would buy his drugs to be able to sell to his, his classmates as well. And this particular young man, that's what, that's what he was doing. Well, that led to, in addition, making some other poor choices. And then in time, 17 years old, he's going to be a father. He's going to be a father. And in time, he realizes, well, I got to step up and I got to support this situation. So he made the choice of, of marrying this, the girlfriend. Both of them are in high school at this, at this time. And then he, he graduated or, or he, he decided to leave his work or his, his school and pursue his GED, his general education diploma, because he wanted at least that and then, and then to work out full-time in, in the job market. And he was getting paid $2.20 an hour at this particular store, working full-time and supporting his family and soon-to-be-coming baby at that time. While this was a very simple salary, it was barely enough to live on. And he was paying and supporting his family and this baby that was on his way. As his high school senior year was coming to an end, he was told that he had enough credits to be able to graduate and cross the platform with his class if he wanted to. So he did. He went out and graduated with his class. And he ended up becoming the only person, to his knowledge, in his senior year, senior year that got his GED and a high school diploma that year. The next month, his baby boy arrived. While the miracle of life never ceases to amaze us, there was something that was drastically missing from this young man's life. And he had no clue what that was. No clue what that was. While he was not the first to have a family for, as a young person, nor would he be the last one, there was something missing from this family structure. For the next few years, the fights were a regular everyday occurrence. Every day. The couple were seemingly living on two different worlds with two different goals, two different paths. They were married young and they were starting to grow apart, completely apart. In fact, they were living in two separate parts of the house, both too prideful to leave. The young man would leave the house with thoughts of suicide, but never acted upon these thoughts. It was during this time that the man began to cry out to God for the very first time in his life. And even though this young man had attended Catholic church as a child, he never ever had a relationship with God. He had even attended school, religious school. He began to ask God if he was real. He began to ask God to show himself and to make himself real in his life. He asked God for a sign to show him that he was real. The knock came on the door on a Sunday afternoon. It was the young man's uncle, 
all dressed up in a suit and holding a Bible. Just like that. The young man could not comprehend the sight he was looking at. This uncle was not a church attender. In fact, he was quite the opposite. This very uncle and the young man had enjoyed themselves at too many parties to count. And so the young man could not comprehend what he was looking at. He could not comprehend the change in his uncle. Well, obviously, this piqued the young man's interest in him quite a bit. He had to hear from his uncle what was going on in his life. What the young man did not realize at that moment was that the seed that had been planted in his heart a few years earlier by another believer in Christ was now about to come to fruition and begin to explode. As the young man heard the testimony of his uncle and how God had forgiven him and washed his sins away, something inside of him began to desire the very thing his uncle had received. Never before had the young man ever desired to go to church. But there was something divine that was happening. The spiritual journey for the young man had begun, but he didn't know it. He was invited to attend a church service that Wednesday night. And that Wednesday night was a night he would never forget. For the first time in his life, he desired water from the spiritual fountain that never runs dry. The Holy Spirit was drawing the young man towards repentance and a new life as a new creation in Christ. The young man got baptized and began his journey with Almighty God. The young man started to attend church. He was there whenever the doors of the church were open. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night evening service, Friday family night services, and any special service in between. There was a desire and such an appetite for the Word of God. The young man began to soak the Word of God up like a sponge. It was during this time that he felt, for the very first time, the Lord began to call him to teach His Word. So the young man attended church, and at this time he had two young children, and only with his children. His wife at that time had no desire to attend and expressed that on many occasions. She did eventually come to one service, but walked out at the very beginning of the service, never to return to that church again. It was at this time that the young man's wife divorced him. She did not want to have anything to do with his life, especially the way it was now. Meanwhile, the young man had pushed aside the thoughts of teaching God's word. The enemy had succeeded in breaking up a marriage, and now he had seemingly blocked the dream of teaching God's word. For the next couple of years, the young man forsook the Lord and any help from any person that would offer. You see, the enemy is out to destroy, to destroy your soul today. All he wants is to prevent you from fulfilling the call, the destiny, the purpose that the Lord has for you. So the young man needed to heal but unfortunately, he chose to turn his back on the promises of God. He went back out into the sin that the Lord had saved him from.
and that the Lord had delivered him from. He was now living with his parents whom he had led to the Lord. But now he's, he was living a backslidden life. Not living for the Lord, forsaking the promises that, the God, that God had, had given him. Here's the thing about the backslider. Backslider doesn't need to be reminded of how he or she is living a lifestyle that is not pleasing to the Lord. Every day that that backslider wakes up is a reminder that their life is devoid of God's blessing and God's Holy Spirit, power, and love. Finally, one day the young man found himself in a place where he began to cry out once again to God. He had noticed how far he had fallen away from God. He was so far from God's love, so far from the will of God. He began to cry out in repentance. He thought he knew at that moment what the prodigal son felt when he was feeding the pigs. And the Bible says he suddenly came to his senses. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, cleanse me. Make me whole again. And tears of repentance began to flow like a river. Oh, how quickly our Lord can bring us healing. Amen. How quickly he runs to us and holds us in his arms and tells us how much he loves us. As I felt his loving touch once again, I promised him with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my strength that I would never forsake him again. I asked him to give me a double portion of his Holy Spirit. I asked him for anointing and teaching his word. Right there at that moment, that dream was reborn again in me. God had called and had not forgotten. He had called me and had not forgotten because he is faithful. You see, the Bible says his gifts are irrevocable. Meaning if the Lord has called you and given you a blessing, a calling, he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't take it away from you. We're the ones that walk away from that. We're the ones that choose to ignore it. Amen? Amen. This past Thursday evening, March 9th, 2017, in Concord, California, I was ordained as a minister in the Pentecostal Church of God to fulfill the dream, the calling that the Lord has given me many years ago. As I stood there on the platform, I thought of Larry Hamilton, who had planted the seed in me as a 20-year-old. Many years ago, I stood there and I thought about my Uncle Jimmy, who was used by God as an instrument to reach me at a time when I needed to hear from the Lord, when I needed a sign to tell me that God was real. I stood there and remembered the many times I would witness to my mom and dad, my brother, my sisters, my family. And there they were with me on ordination night. I stood there and looked out into the audience. And I saw dear church members that the Lord has now placed in my care at Foothill Christian American Canyon Church. At my side was my wonderful and amazing wife, Anna. My beautiful girls, Bianca and Raquel. As well as my loving parents, my brother, my sister. My oldest daughter couldn't be there. She was ill. And in my pocket, I had a picture, a photo of my son who is in heaven. 
But I know he would have been there. And most importantly, as I stood there on that platform, Jesus was there. Jesus was there. He reminded me that night how much he loves me. How he will never leave me nor forsake me ever. Amen? Amen. If you believe that, give him a hand clap right now. Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 3, if you have your Bible, turn there with, you, with me this morning. Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6. I had that, uh, that was our scripture verse this morning. If we can find that, um, and we can put it up on the screen if we can find that. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. The Bible says this, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And in verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You see, the mistake I was making was I wasn't trusting in God. I was leaning toward my path, my direction, what I thought I should do. See, God has given each of you a plan. You may not have the plan or the goal to be a minister, to be a pastor, and that's fine. That's fine because God has given you a gifting. God has given you a gifting. You may not know what that is, but ask Ask your spouse. They know what it is. They know what that gifting is. And they also know what that gifting isn't. Amen? That's even more important to know what it isn't. If you don't know what your gifting is today, I would ask you to start asking the Lord, show me what my gifting is, Lord. Show me how I can help minister in our church. Show me what I can do outside of these walls. Amen? I want to share with you three real quick points here, and I'm going to close. Point number one, Jesus never said, follow your dreams. Jesus said, follow me. Jesus never said, follow your dreams. He said, follow me. Amen. Amen? Because see, our dreams and our goals can, can take us away from the things of God if we're not careful. We can have dreams to achieve this or that. But if they take you away from the Lord, it's not a God. Amen? Yeah. Point number one, follow Him. Follow Him. <coughs> Point number two, God commands us to be faithful to Him. Amen. This is our priority. God commands us to be faithful to Him. Now, how can we be faithful to Him? Being in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Reading His Word. Amen? Yes. Praying, giving of your time, your talents, your treasures. That's how you can be faithful to Him. Because we know the Lord is always faithful. He does not forsake us. His promises are true. His Word is Amen, right? And the Bible says that, that He will walk with you. He will never forsake you. Amen? God commands us to be faithful to Him. This is to be our priority. Number three, as Christ's servants, which each of us are, we can expect bountiful, bountiful fulfillment through Him. You see, when I was out doing the things that I thought I should be doing, how many know when, when you've done that, there's no fulfillment in that. There isn't any fulfillment in that. 
But there is fulfillment found in the cross in Jesus Christ. Amen. There is fulfillment because why are people so unhappy these days? Why are people committing suicide? Why are people depressed? Because they have not found fulfillment. They are not experiencing fulfillment. Now that's easy for me to say. How do we get there? By trusting in the Lord. And, and that's a journey. That's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. I'm here to tell you it doesn't happen overnight. I, I have begun to receive blessings because of my marriage now with Anna. My two daughters have known no other life other than as believers in Christ. They know what do we do on Sundays? We go to church. They know when the doors are open, they're there. They know no other life. I, I didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow up like that. Now, has it always been easy? No. During that time as a believer, when I, when I said, Lord, I will never forsake you again. I will walk with you all the days of my life until you call me home. I've had my son pass away. My son, 20 years old, taken you're, as, a, as a parent, the last thing you ever, ever think is that you will bury your child. But thank God the Lord was there. Thank God His presence, His Holy Spirit was there to comfort, to guide, to give me peace in a time where I couldn't understand what was going on. In fact, to this day, I couldn't tell you who was there at that funeral or not because it's a blur. It's a blur in a moment like that. You, you recognize some people, but uh, I couldn't tell you who was all there. I just know there were over 500 people there, and I couldn't tell you who all they were. But God was with me. That was the most important thing, amen? God was with me, amen? And there have been other occasions where I've needed the Lord. Lord, I need you. I need you to show up. I need you, and that's why I'm a big believer, and you've heard me say this many times Pray specifically, pray specifically, write it down, pray for that. And I've seen God answer that. I've seen God time and time again answer specific prayers to specific requests. Has it been easy? No, but I can't imagine a life without him. I can't imagine a life devoid of God's blessings anymore. I can't. I will not. I will not imagine that. There is nothing out here in this world that I want that the Lord can't give me on this side. Amen. I will never ever sell my soul out to the Lord. Or to, to, the, to Satan and the world. Rather I will live for the Lord all the days of my life. I, I love what Joshua says. And we all know the scripture. As for me and my house. We shall serve the Lord. Amen. There's a, there's a scripture in Joshua. An additional scripture I want to read as well. Joshua chapter 1. I was reading that this morning as I was preparing at home and praying. This one verse that is applied, applicable to my life, and it's chapter 1 of Joshua and verse 8. It says this, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then... Everybody say then. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I don't know about you, but I want to be prosperous and successful in the eyes of the Lord. Not in the eyes of the world, the eyes of the Lord. And that's my prayer this morning, that every single one of you would have that word and just meditate upon it. That God's blessings, His, His prosperous blessings would be upon each one of your children, 
your grandchildren, your families, your family structure. Uh, as your pastor, I'm just telling you here, I'm really here to remind you, I have forsaken that past. I have forsaken. I, I went and looked, and there's nothing good in there. There's not a good thing out there. And, and this life of living for the Lord is filled with so many blessings. Uh, every day, His mercies are new. The Bible tells us that. His love just fulfills. There was no fulfillment out here. There was never enough happiness. There was never enough love. There was never enough joy because it's not to be found out there. It's temporary. But God, when you submit to Him, when you submit to Him and begin to just live for Him, He fills you with... He f it's fulfillment. Ever been fulfilled? Amen? Ever been fulfilled? That's what I'm talking about this morning. So, as I close right now, I, I, I know this has been a little bit different than what I normally would do, but I wanted to share with you that this dream of mine, God planted in my heart many years ago, and I forsook it. There was a period of time where I forsook that. But thank God his calling is irrevocable, amen? Thank God his gifting is irrevocable, that he doesn't change his mind, that he says, oh, well, you're not worthy. You're not worthy. He doesn't say that ever. He says, child, child of the king, you are most worthy. You just need to start trusting me. You just need to start depending on this word right here. Meditate upon it day and night. Let it just come out of your spirit, out of your soul, everywhere you go. And then you begin to experience his blessings in your life. Fulfillment. Who wants fulfillment today? Raise your hand if you want fulfillment. It's found in God's word. It's found in God's word. It's not found in a fat bank account. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've had that in the past. When I was single, I had a really fat bank. How many guys know that when you were single, you had a really fat bank account, right? But you know what? It doesn't matter. I, I had a fat bank account. I had a nice car. I had a boat. I had a house at that time. Now I don't have a boat. Now I don't have, no, I'm just kidding. I have many more blessings than that. But see, I was, I was living, my priorities were all twisted. They were wrong. They were taking me away from the Lord, and I did not have any fulfillment at that time. It was just one thing after another, and no fulfillment. No fulfillment whatsoever. So this morning, again, I just want to remind you that, that we need to follow the dreams that God has planted in us. If He's planted a, a seed in you, Continue to follow that dream. Continue to pursue it. If he planted it in you, he will bring it to fruition. Amen? He will bring it to fruition. Don't say no. Don't say it's too late for me. No, no, no. How old was Abraham and Sarah? Uh, we don't even want to go there, right? Their goals came to pass. Don't ever say it's too late. Don't ever say it's too late. Amen? God's command is to be faithful in him. This is always to be our top priority and then finally, as Christ's servants, we can expect bountiful, bountiful fulfillment through Him. Only through Him, through the Lord, are we fulfilled. If you're looking for it in people, if you're looking for it in a man, in a woman, in a relationship, it's not going to happen. Yes, I believe you can have a, a happy, harmonious marriage relationship. But what I'm talking about is a, is a spiritual fulfillment. See, all of us have this deep desire a longing to be fulfilled in our life. It's a longing that God planted in you. And there's some of you here today that don't have that. And, and it's only going to come by being consistent and true to yourself and to God. Amen? Amen? 
He is faithful. Don't forget that. He is faithful. Why don't you stand this morning with me, and I'm going to close. How many know this morning that I love you? I love you as your shepherd. Um, I'm so thankful that God put me in this place. I really am. Um, There's so many of you that I've gotten to know and pray with you and cry with you. And and, uh, I continue to just be amazed at what God's doing. I'm so excited about what he's going to do amongst us, what he's doing already. Amen. Um, I just want to pray a blessing upon all of you here today. So won't you bow your heads, Father? Father God, this morning, Lord, we come before you, Lord, in your strength. Lord, I thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. Father, not only in my life, but in the life of everyone here represented out here, those that couldn't be with us today, for whatever reason, Lord, I pray a blessing upon them as well. But Lord, may you cast your face upon them, Lord. Lord, your blessing upon them, Father. Lord, just pour out your love upon them. Father, today, if they need to hear this, remind them that you love them. Remind them of the plan of the seed that you planted in their heart many years ago, maybe as a child, maybe as, a, as an older adult. Lord, you have not forsaken them, but Lord, you are still wooing them. You are still calling them at your side. And I pray right now, Father, that you minister to every hurt right now. If there are hurts in here right now, if there's a hurt, just raise your hand with your head bowed. I want to pray for you right now. If there's a hurt right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see the hands lifted up. You can put them down now. But you see those hands, Father. And I pray, Lord, love on those individuals right now. Love on these people right now. More than ever in your life, in their life, Lord, love on them. And I pray that, God, that you would surround them with your grace, with your mercy, that they would experience bountiful blessing in their life at a time right now where they need it. Lord, I pray that, God, that those hurts that are going on, that, Father, you would begin to remove those as they take those steps towards you, as they take those steps of obedience and faithfulness towards you. So, Lord, I pray that blessing upon them from the youngest to the oldest, From our children, our babies, to our grandchildren. Lord, may they walk with you all the days of of their lives. And Father, may they begin to experience what I have experienced. Your forgiveness, your loving touch, your mercy, and your grace, and your goodness, and your faithfulness. Thank you, Father. We thank you that you are a good, good Father. We thank you that you are a good, good God, Lord. Where would we be without your loving presence, Father, in our life? Where would we be, Lord, on a daily basis, having to do this all by ourselves? Lord, thank God we don't. That, Lord, that you live in us. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Father, you are, you are walking with us. You carry us. Lord, the Bible says you even carry us at times. You pick us up. And, Lord, I just pray that this morning that you carry those that are hurting and that you encourage them today. And thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you do love us, that you do care for us. Now help us to be faithful to you each and every day going forward. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen.